0: Good morning. Glad you're here with us this morning. I'd like to show you a clip from the movie called The Bucket List. It's two older guys who are dying. They're both dying. They meet each other in the hospital room. One one of the guys, Carter, who's played by Morgan Freeman, is uh, an auto mechanic. The other guy, um, Edward Cole, played by Jack Nicholson, is actually the guy who owns the hospital that they're in. But he's trying to get a, a private room. They won't let him have one because his staunch policy is that everybody has to have a semi-private room. So he's in the room with with uh, Carter, and they strike up a friendship. And then they begin, since they're dying, they make a bucket list. So they list all of the things that they want to do before they uh, before they die, and they go about starting to do those things. And I'd like you to listen in on a conversation they're having. They're on Edwards' private jet flying somewhere. And they have this conversation I'd like you to listen in on.
1: It's indescribably beautiful. I love flying over the polar cap. Above the desolation. The stars. It's really one of God's good ones. So you think a being of some sort did all this? You don't? You mean, do I believe if I look up in the sky and promise this or that? The biggie. (laughs) I'll make all this go away. No. And 95% of the people on earth are wrong. If life has taught me anything, it's that 95% of the people are always wrong. It's called faith. I honestly envy people who have faith. I just can't get my head around it. Maybe your head's in the way. Car. We've all had hundreds of these discussions, and every one of them always hits the same wall. Is there a, a sugar plum fairy or not? And nobody has ever gotten over that wall. Oh so, what do you believe? I resist all beliefs. No Big Bang, random universe. We live, we die. The wheels on the bus go round and round. What if you're wrong? I'd love to be wrong. If I'm wrong, I win. (laughs) I'm sure it works that way. Oh, you're not claiming you know something I don't. Mm mm. I just have faith. Hallelujah, brother. And pass the mustard.
0: There you go. If, if you've decided to follow Christ as, as Lord, then your assign, assignment and my assignment is to try to communicate a message to guys like Edward Cole and to introduce them to the real God. He, he's thinking, hey, if there is a God, I win. But he, he needs more information than he currently has. And um, I think most people are really where Edward is is at. There 91% of the people in America believe in God. Um, that's, that's generally not a question. Because, like uh, Carter pointed out in the clip... Um, God has made himself known. You're flying over the polar cap. You see the beauty. Your heart is drawn to uh, the fact that there's someone who created this, someone who made this. Um, And so uh, most people believe in God, but we need to help them understand and get to know the real God and the real story about Jesus Christ. And this is where the adventure continues. We've been looking at how, how to live the Christian life, what's involved in that. If you're considering committing your life to Christ, as we talk today, you'll find out a a part of what's involved in following the Lord. Um, If you're following Christ, then we're going to talk about one of our assignments that God's given us. But this is where the adventure is. As you step out to accomplish God's purpose and live for him, then God provides the power and the resources we need to do that. If you never step out, you never experience God's provision in that way. You never experience his power and, and the help that he has to offer. Um, but once you and I commit our lives to Christ, we have a story to tell and a new assignment. And it helps me to realize, because I like the song that was sung before we just watched that clip. Um, I, I get a little nervous when I try to share this message. I mean, it's it can be an explosive subject. You know, there are two things you don't talk about, religion and politics. You start to broach the subject of religion and sh- poof, some people blow. So it can be nerve wracking, but it doesn't have to be. It really doesn't because we're, we have a role. And Once you understand your role, it really helps you begin to approach your assignment in a very different way. We, we are messengers, not salesmen. We 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 are asked by God to share a message. We don't have to, and I'm I'm really grateful for this. Um, we don't have to club anybody over the head with any kind of book <laughs> or Bible. Um, we we simply want to get in conversations with others about who Jesus is, who God is, and what the Bible says is necessary to connect with Him. God's already done quite a bit to help us in this. Um, he he has done a lot to help, and he promises in Acts 1.8 that as we step out, as we follow him, and his Holy Spirit comes into us and lives in us, he gives us the power we need. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Basically, we're sharing what we found. We're telling other people what we've found. Uh, if if you find a cure for a disease that a friend of yours has, you tell them about it. <laughs> and that's basically what we're doing. We, we've found someone who comes to live in us and completely changes our lives. So our core assignment is to communicate, to witness to who Jesus is and communicate the story of him with others. And the interesting thing is our message is powerful. It has a power all of its own that God uses um, in fact, it is the power of God for salvation. Romans 1:16 says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes." The message we have to share is information that's packed with with power, and so my goal is, as I try to help others come to know the real God, one of my major goals is just to help them understand. I don't, I don't. They don't have to agree. They don't have to, uh, you know, bow their knee in the middle of the conversation and say, oh, you're right, you know, that's right. So I'm not in arguments. I don't get into arguments and I don't try to push people to follow Christ. I I don't really have to do that. I'm just trying to help them understand the message. I, I don't try to persuade people under my own power. And that's not our assignment. That's not what God's asked us to do. He is already working, like we saw in the clip, through the beauty that we see, the things that how he convinced movement that's recorded there, and um, how the people who heard the message were cut to the heart. The Holy Spirit spoke to them and convicted them of their own sin and their own need for, for Christ. And so we don't have to do that. We don't have to go around pointing the finger and convicting. We only need to share the message that God has given us to share. And as we do that, he uses the gospel message to bring people salvation, to connect them with himself. He uses the gospel message, called the gospel because that means good news. It's really good news that we have to share. So let's look at what the message is. What is the message? There are two main events, two core promises And two conditions that a person has to fulfill to connect with God. The two main events, Peter talks about them in Acts 2, 22 through 24, says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know, This man was handed over to you by God's agony of death because of power over death. So because he's raised from the dead, he proved that he has the power. Now, there are two primary witnesses that Peter keeps referring to in his first message. We're not going to read those or look at them. But they're the prophets and the disciples, the prophets and the apostles. So you can look at the Old Testament and you can see all the, the prophecies that were given regarding Jesus Christ. And that's one witness to him that Peter keeps pointing out. He keeps quoting passages that show how Jesus is is the Christ, the one who came to save us. And another witness is um, the disciples or the apostles. And Peter, in verse 32 of this passage, um, points out how we've seen these things. We've seen Jesus. We've seen him die. We saw him resurrected. And we are witnesses of these facts. So those those are the two primary primary witnesses to it. The interesting thing is um, that all the people knew Jesus. That he was talking. Most of the people had seen many uh, heard him teach. They'd seen many of the things that he did as well. So you also find in Jesus' mess. I mean, in Peter's message, you see the uh, two main events and then two core two core promises. Verse 38, 39, It says, "Repent." And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the first promise. Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And through the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, you realize that there's a need for someone to pay the price for our sin, to, to cleanse us of it, and Jesus did that. And then it says you will receive, if you repent and are baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need to change. It's a gift because we, we want to be different. We, we don't want to keep saying and doing the things we've always said and done that hurt the people around us. We want our families not to have the, the conflict at the core that we've struggled with. But we need to change in order to make that happen. We we want to work differently. We want to treat people differently. And the Holy Spirit comes in. The gift of the Holy Spirit means that he comes in to make residence, and he helps us change. Sometimes we get the idea that we've got to clean up before before we commit our lives to Christ. That's not, that's not true. You come to Christ and say, Lord, I admit I have blown it. I am a sinner. And the moment you admit that and turn around and repent, God forgives you. He cleans you up and he gives you the Holy Spirit who helps you begin to change over the course of your lifetime. He makes real differences in your attitudes and in your actions and your words and everything that goes on. He really changes you. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So those are the two promises, the core promises. Uh, You don't have to make yourself presentable to God. But he accepts you and brings salvation to you based on two conditions. Peter pointed those out in verse 38. We've already looked at it. Repentance and faith. It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The two conditions are repentance and it's implied, faith is implied here. Everybody that Peter was talking to realized that baptism was an outward expression of an inward reality, an inward commitment that they had made. So faith is implied in the word baptism. Baptism is just an outward expression of it. Um, Paul summarized the message this way as well in Acts 2021. 20, says, "I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance." and have faith in our Lord Jesus. If you're wondering what the conditions are, how you connect with God, you haven't, have never connected with him, what it takes is repentance and faith. Repentance means to think differently, to change direction. That's literally what it means. It's a Greek word that's written here, metanoia, change of mind, to change of direction. So <clears throat> you, you've been walking your own way, living life independent with God, it means to do a 180 degree from walking your own way and begin to go God's way. You you completely change direction. Um, faith just means that you put your you put your faith, your trust. You give Him control. You let Him lead you in life. You you decide to follow Christ that way. There is a little booklet in your bulletin in your program. This morning, And I, I'd like to just read through this because this is a great summary of our message. And I'd like everybody to, to get this this morning, to really focus on what our message is that we have to share. And if you've never heard it, then this is an opportunity to hear it and understand. It's a really good summary of what Peter was saying here in this passage in a way that I think is very easy for us to understand. Um, steps to peace with God. Step one, God's purpose, peace and life. God loves you and wants you to experience peace and life, abundant and eternal. The Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5.1. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, John 3.16. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, John 10.10. 10. <clears throat> Why don't most people have this peace and abundant life that God has planned for us to have? Step two, the problem, our separation. God created us in his own image to have an abundant life. He did, he did not make us robots to automatically love and obey him. God gave us a will and freedom of choice. We chose to disobey God and go our own willful way. We still make this choice today. This results in separation from God. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23. Our choice results in separation from God. Our attempts to reach God. People have tried in many ways to bridge this gap between themselves and God. The Bible says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death, Proverbs 14.12. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear, Isaiah 59, 2. No bridge reaches God except one. Not, Not good works, not religion, not trying to do the right things, not philosophy, not morality, trying to be a good person. These don't reach God. Step three, God's bridge, the cross. Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave. There's the two events, the two main events. He paid the penalty for our sin and bridged the gap between God and people. The Bible says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, First Peter 3.18. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has provided the only way. Each person must make a choice. Jesus Christ is the only way. Step four, our response, receive Christ. We must trust Jesus Christ as Lord and receive him by personal information. The Bible says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. And he with me, Revelation 3.20. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That if you confess with your lips, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans ten nine. Where are you? Here or here? Um, <clears throat> will you receive Jesus Christ from your sins? Repent. And then here on the other side of the page, if you've never committed your life to Christ... That's a way to express your commitment to him, is to pray that prayer. I wanted to read through that because I wanted to be clear on what our message is. That's a great summary. So if you've been wondering, what, that's a reader's digest of what the Bible says is necessary to commit your life to Christ. If you've been wondering, now you have it. Um, if you want to know how to share the message, if you're really concerned about sharing it with some people, take that that booklet with you and just read through it that's what I've done that before and ask questions get into a conversation with people that you really care about and you're trying to share with again to create an understanding of what the message is to help people really grasp it um, the Bible gives some real guidance on how to be effective in communicating the message we we share the message with both our life and our lips Um we may be the only Bible that some people read, so we need to keep that in mind as, as we follow the Lord Jesus. Um, the first first key to effective communication is to be confident. Acts 4:19 through 20, uh, Peter and John answered. They they were brought before the Sanhedrin, who's the ruling body of the Jewish people. They were trying to squash the Christian movement, and they were beginning to get intimidated because. Thousands, in response to Peter's message that we were talking about earlier, thousands committed their life to follow Christ, and it was going to ruin their system. And so they were trying to squash it. They were brought before the Sanhedrin. Most of these these folks are the ones who uh, were opposed to Christ, and, and they're the ones who uh, put him to death. And so Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin, and they were told to, to quit sharing this message. Quit it, man. Well, you got to stop. Or, or else, basically. They were threatened. Um, and this is their response. Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. They went on, boldly sharing the gospel with confidence, sharing the message that God had given them. Ask God for help with this like they did. Look at verse 29. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. Get to know the message that you're trying to share, understand it, let it soak in, ask questions, and and make sure that it makes sense to you. If, if you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, read through that booklet and let it Try to get the answers to those questions that you have about that. That's what the scripture says about God. So you don't have to just guess. You know, if there is a God, then I'll win, like Edward Cole on the video. You don't, you don't have to guess. God's shown us clearly what it takes to connect with him. Um, to, one of the things with me is, a, after years and years of watching people hear this message, and then connect with God and have their lives completely changed as they walk with him. I've, I've grown in confidence in the message itself and sharing the message because I know that this is what people need. They, they need to know God and connect with him. To be effective, we've got to be confident. Secondly, we need to share with clarity and grace. Verse 3 and 4, ask, ask uh, Paul in Colossians 4, verse 3 and 4, Paul is asking the, the Colossians to pray that he could proclaim it clearly. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to look at the booklet and talk through what our message is, so that we can understand it. Verses 5 and 6, Be wise in the way you act throughout, with outsiders, toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. So that you may know how to answer everyone. Learn the message. Be able to share it. And share with grace that reflects the grace that you've been given. If you're not gracious in the way that you communicate this message, then there's a disconnect between you and the message. There's something you didn't get. uh, Number three, third step. Be prepared to answer questions with gentleness and respect. If someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Get your own questions answered and always show respect to those that you're sharing with. If if you uh, get into pride or self-righteousness as you're sharing with people, then you, you completely misunderstood the message. That's why I never get tired, uh, like when we were reading through that, I've read through that book. I've read that story many, many times. But I I don't ever get tired of reading through it or hearing hearing it because it, it has, it soaks in and it reminds me of the grace and kindness of God in my own life, how kind he's been to me. Where he had every right to just give up on me, but he didn't. He, consent, he continued to pursue me. He continued to try to get my attention, tried to help me get to the point where I would turn around myself. And now I know him. I've connected with him because of his kindness, not because of my righteousness, because of Jesus' righteousness, his love for me. Um, I like what one guy said. I'm just one poor beggar telling another poor beggar where to find bread. And that's That's really who we are. We're just trying to help people find. So, aim for understanding. Help people answer their questions. Get your own questions answered. People are going to have the same questions. Uh, four, confirm the message through integrity. 2 Corinthians 4.2 says, Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Paul's describing how he shares the message and his ministry there. And there are three three ways that we need to show integrity. Or the ways that integrity helps us. First of all, um, we don't want to use trickery. We don't want to be underhanded in the way we're trying to help people come to Christ. We, we try to be very straightforward here at Church in the Valley. We're not trying to trick or guilt or push or pull anyone in, in any direction. Um, but just lay out the message plainly with no uh sneaky stuff. We stay away from the sneaky stuff. Secondly, just be honest about your own flaws and your own problems. I mean we're we're to be examples, but that that doesn't mean that we're perfect and we're to aim to be examples, but we blow it. Some of some of the best conversations I've had with people who don't know the Lord Jesus personally are those I've had just after I have blown it and messed up and I've I've gotten my I've had to go before I say, you know, I was wrong what I did, what I said. Will you forgive me for that? That builds a bridge. You know, some of one of the things that keeps people from investigating Christianity is they put many people in the in 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 the category of hypocrite. You know, you're Christian. You say you're a Christian, yet you do that. Well Cut through that and just be honest. A hypocrite is somebody who acts like someone they're not. But if we're honest and, and open and real with people, cuts right through that. So we don't have to be hypocrites. And then just conducting your, yourself a third way. Just handle your, your life and your affairs with integrity. I was at the uh, auto paint shop the other day. Thad's getting his car painted. And we were negotiating a price. Uh, we were trying to find a, a good deal. We found a 50% off coupon and so we went down and, um, you have to negotiate still because the price that they say on the ad, usually they add things to and stuff. But anyway, while we're negotiating, that's a whole nother story, isn't it? Um while we're negotiating, I look down, we're in the lobby. And I look down and under a chair there's some money. So I pick it up and it's a hundred dollar bill and a five dollar bill. And so I thought to myself, all right, that's pretty good. But, but I, I really wanted to give it to whoever lost it. I've lost money myself. It doesn't feel good. And so I just prayed a quick prayer. God help me figure out how to, how to handle this. So went to the counter and I showed the guy at the counter. I said, Hey, I just found this over there and i showed him it was a hundred dollars and five dollars said "But really i'd like i i said i'm okay with keeping it myself but i'd really like to find out who it belongs to and so he's ah i can't say it's mine you know (laughs) and then he said hey ben come in here you know you you lose you lose some money and the guy said how much was it the guy said Okay, it's so obvious I didn't lose it. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'd really like to find out who it is. Do you guys have any idea whose it was? And they said, well, a guy was filling out an application for a job on that chair earlier, and maybe it was his. I said, well, why don't you call him? Because if it's his, I'd like him to have it. And so they called Armando. This guy, his name was Armando, and he, he only spoke Spanish. And <clears throat> the guy on the phone got no conversation, and he said, got to the point where he said, okay, quanto, you know, how much? And and so he said, well, I don't, I, the guy on the other end said, he, I don't know how how much, I don't, I, how am I, you know, the guy said, well, you're going to have to give me a number, you know, you're going to have to tell me how much, quanto, and he said, a hundred or a hundred and five dollars, and so he said, okay, winner, <laughs> it's like the price is right, that's close enough. Um And so it was fun because while I was still there, Armando came by and got the $105, which I'm sure he needed. It was really fun. The interesting thing is right after all this happened, they asked me what I do for a living. (laughs) I'm sure they were wondering. (laughs) So we got started talking about, you know, the church. They asked me how it was going, blah, blah, blah. And then... uh, I said, "Yeah, we just started a church in Orangecrest in the area of Orangecrest and Riverside." And the guy says, oh, "I live in Orangecrest. Crest." Um, and I said, "Really? We got you know—we just started a church out there. It'd be great if you stopped by and and saw him." And his his daughter actually goes to the school that uh, the church meets in out there. So I'm praying for him. I got to go pick the car up, so I'm going to give him some information. Hopefully, he'll go by and check out. The church. I don't know what God has for him, but I think God arranging all those circumstances and uh, things going the way they did, or God giving him a chance to hear the message. Uh, God gives blessing and power to us as we share the message. You don't get it otherwise in many ways. Philemon 6 says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. If you're walking with the Lord and you're trying to share the message, you gain understanding in trying to share it and you begin to realize how much good we have in Him. We experience God's power and help as we set out to share it. Here are some next steps that you may want to take. You'll find them on the back of your communication card. Um, If if you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, there's a place at the top of the left-hand side of the back of that card where you can say I'm committing my life to Christ, or I'd like to know how to do that. Um, After reading through the message, if if you're if you're drawn to that, if you have some questions, let us know. We'd love to help you do that. Um, But here are some other next steps that you can take. you might want to memorize Romans one sixteen. That verse really helps me to stay focused on my role as a messenger. I, that's my role. God's going to do his part. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith. <clears throat> Another step could be do some homework to be able to make the message clear. I, I need to understand this so I can communicate it. Um, we're going to have some things coming up, some ways, some training uh, events that will help you Figure out how to do this, so that could be a part of your homework. Get involved in one of these training events to help you learn how to share this message. Um, make a list and pray for people with whom I want to share the message. God's put people around you, you have a heart for them, make a list, begin to pray. Take steps to be active in sharing your faith with them. And then finally, ask God to give me confidence in wisdom, in witnessing, um, and help me to gain the confidence to speak up and share when I have the opportunity in the right way. Let's go to the Lord in, in prayer. Father, we thank you for your help. Uh, thank you for connecting with us in Jesus Christ, For for saving us from our own lives and from our sin. Thank you for what you've done and for giving us the responsibility of sharing this message and the way that it develops us just trying to figure out.